And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Now the name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second was Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And the sons walked not in his ways but turned aside after lucre and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to Samuel unto Ramah and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. And the Lord said unto Samuel, Hearken unto the voice of the people in all that they say unto thee. For they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Now therefore hearken unto their voice, howbeit yet protest solemnly unto them, and show them the manner of the king that shall reign over them. And Samuel told all the words of the Lord unto the people that asked him for a king. And he said, This will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, to be his horsemen, and some shall run before his chariots. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties and will set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest and to make his instruments of war and instruments for his of his chariots. And he will take your daughters to be confectioners and to be cooks and to be bakers. And he will take your fields and your vineyards and your olive yards even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give to his officers and to his servants. And he will take your men servants and your maid servants and your goodliest of young men and your asses and put them to his work. And he will take the tenth of your sheep and he shall and ye shall be his servants, and ye shall cry out in that day before, because of your king, which ye, sh ye shall have chosen you, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, Nay, but we will have a king over us that we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us, and go out before us, and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he rehearsed them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, 
go ye every man unto his city. In other words, he said, God is going to give you a king. This is a very important chapter. It's a, it's a turning point in the life of the children of Israel. Samuel was old. We don't know what age he was. Some people say he was about 60. They had different ways of saying about age. But when you were old you were regarded as about 60 apparently. So it doesn't matter what age it is. He was getting on in years. We don't know an awful lot about Samuel apart. We don't know who his wife was. I don't think we know her name. However, his sons were old enough to be judges. And so he set them up in Beersheba. Towards the south of the, the, the country. He was up in Ramah, which is more in the centre. Maybe this was for the convenience of the people. Maybe because he was old he didn't go out around on the, on the judging circuit, as it were. Maybe that was the reason why he thought it would be a good idea to put his sons further away so that they could perform the, the duty of judges. The eldest son was a man called Joel, which means Jehovah is God. He's a good name. Jehovah is God. And the younger son was Abiah. And Jehovah is my father, his name meant. You know, we have said that how often the, the prophets' names in the Old Testament, they lived up to what their names meant. But sadly, these two men didn't live up to the meanings of their names. It wasn't the case here. They didn't show by their lives that Jehovah was their God. Or that Jehovah was their father. How sad. You know history. Somebody said once history repeats itself. It has to because nobody listens. And you know this was history apparently repeating itself. We have a man who was the prophet of God. And his two sons weren't walking in the ways of their father. It says in verse 3, And his sons, they walked not in his ways. They turned aside after lucre. They were interested in money. They took bribes. And they perverted judgment. Four things that they did. They did not walk in the fear of the Lord. In the paths of righteousness. Or of the truth. Or of holiness. They were a couple of crooked judges. They neither served God. Nor did justice to men. As Samuel had done. Just like Eli's sons. Just like Eli's sons. A bit before him. In this case of course Samuel was. True to his God. Totally committed to his God they were interested in money you know I was looking at Titus Titus chapter 1 and verse 7 it gives the, the duties of an overseer and Paul says the overseer must be blameless as the steward of God not self willed not soon angry not given to wine no striker not given to filthy lucre 
not doing it just for the money. And that's what these boys were doing. They were in it for the money. And they walked not after the ways of their father. How sad. And you know, the effect of these two men acting in the way they did had a repercussion throughout the whole land. It was very sad. The elders of Israel gathered themselves together and came to see Samuel. They said, this is all going to happen again. We had it with Eli. We repented. We came back to the Lord. But now it's all going to happen again. You know, we must be conscious of our actions as to how they affect other people. Because they do. They must have still remembered the corrupt sons of Eli. And they came to Samuel and they said in verse 5, he says, Thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. And what's going to happen, they were saying to themselves, perhaps. Old Samuel's going to die some of these days. And are these two ruffians going to be the ones who are going to judge us? We can't have this. Thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Make us a king. What a sad, what a sad thing for the old man to hear. He had been judging Israel right for many, many, many years. And now he felt that they were turning against him. God had been leading these people for years and centuries, right from Abraham's time till now. And God had been leading his people. It was a theocracy. God was ruling. God was the one who ruled. But now they wanted to be like everybody else. How easy it is for us as Christians to fall into the same trap sometimes the way we worship, by the way we come to the house of God, by our attitude we have as we approach God. In prayer, the hymns we sing and so on, we do what everybody else does. Those people in Sydney we were talking about, because they are different, because they have decided to go by the word of God, they are regarded as wrong. We need to examine every Thing we do in the light of scripture it's so easy just to go along with everybody else sing the same hymns have the same doctrine but unless it all can be tied in with scripture well we haven't an answer that's the only standard we have the word of God is our standard and that only Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, he says, let every man examine himself. We should examine ourselves every now and again to make sure what we're doing. It's not we're just doing it because we've always done it that way, but because the word of God says that's the way it should be done and that's what we should believe. They were tired of being led by God. That's what they were saying. We don't want God to reign over us anymore. You know, sometimes we 
We were singing those hymns, are we weak and heavy laden, cumbered by a load of care? You know, we get tired sometimes. And we would like something, God, to come in and do something really dramatic. But that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. It can happen that way. But generally speaking, the Christian life is a marathon, a race to be run and a battle to be fought. In Isaiah 30, verse 21, Isaiah writing says, And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. When, not, when ye turn to the right hand, and when ye turn to the left. It's the still, small voice of God speaking to us within our hearts, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. But you know, Samuel did the right thing. He was displeased. He had judged them. We saw how he had encouraged them. He had prayed for them. He had mediated between God and them. He had done so much for these people. And now he felt they were turning their backs on him. But he took it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer is what we were singing a few moments ago. He brought the problem to God. Do you know something? God always knew that this was going to happen. That's the strange thing. If you go away back to Deuteronomy chapter 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17. And here's what it says. When thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee and shall possess it and shall dwell therein and shall say I will set a king over me like as all the nations that are about me God said when you come into the land when you get settled down in the land you're going to come to me and you're going to say we want our own king God could foresee that this was going to happen to his rebellious people. And it did. And way back in Deuteronomy, he said that. They said, we're going to set a king over ourselves. Isn't that? And there's a verse in Hosea. Hosea chapter 13. And verse 9 to 11. O Israel, thou hast destroyed thyself. But in me is thine help. Israel had gone away from God. But he says in me is thy help. I will be thy king. Where is any other that may save thee? There's no one else. Where can we go but to the Lord? And that's what God was saying to thy people. In all thy cities there's no one. And thy judges of whom thou saidst. Give us a king. And princes. And it says here. A very sad thing. I gave thee a king in mine anger. Oh yes, God gave them a king. I gave thee a king in mine anger. And God said to Samuel, listen, he said, listen to these people. Listen to what they have to say. They have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me. 
that I should not reign over them. That was the crux. Oh, you know, they hadn't rejected Samuel. He says they've rejected me, that I should reign over them. How sad and how so... It's like so many people today. They have rejected God who sent his son to save them. They have rejected the gift of God which is eternal life. They have rejected the son of God who came to die and to seek and to save the lost. Oh, you may say they have rejected the messenger. You may feel that sometimes when you speak to people. They've rejected you. But it's not you that they're rejecting. They've rejected God. That's the sad thing. God said to Samuel, it's not you they have rejected. They have not rejected you. They have rejected me that I should not reign over them. And that's the situation today. People haven't rejected you. They've rejected God. When you're speaking to someone, you may think that they are rejecting you and your ideas. Would to God that that was all that they are rejecting. I don't mind if people don't reject my, if they reject my ideas, if they're my ideas. But the sad thing is, they're rejecting God. They will not have him to reign over them. What will you do with Jesus? What will your answer be? Someday your heart may be asking, what will he do with me? That's the point that people have to realize. Look at verses 8 and 9. According to all the works which they have done since the day that I brought them up out of Egypt, even unto this day, wherewith they have forsaken me and served other gods, so do they also unto thee. Oh, they've forsaken me, so don't be surprised that they're going to forsake you. They people don't want God to reign over them. They've forsaken God, so don't be surprised if they forsake what you say. But now he says, Hearken to their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. Isn't that interesting? Listen. Listen to what they have to say. But. But. You shall solemnly warn them. And show them the ways of the king that shall reign over them. And that is what you and I must do. They may reject what you say, but God says, solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king that they are going to choose. And what happened? Samuel, in verse 10, told all the words of the Lord unto the people. All the words of the Lord unto the people. We have to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth to the people. Tell them that God has provided a way of life to those who follow him. But show them the ways of the king who shall reign over them. And who is this king that is going to reign over them? 
It's Satan. He's the God of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air. We have people complain about problems. Why doesn't God do this? You never hear them complaining about Satan. Because he's the God of this world. He's the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He, he's the one whose kingdom is full of darkness. That's the king that the world wishes to serve. He is the one for whom hell has been prepared. Everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That is the king and God you serve if you do not serve the king of kings and lord of lords. They had rejected God. They wanted their own king. Look at verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. They refused to listen to Samuel, but in doing so, rejected God. Look at the king. Look at the description of that king that they were going to get. He was going to, going from verse 11. This will be the manner of the king that he shall take your sons and your daughters. He shall take, he shall take your sons and your daughters. And he'll appoint them as captains and they'll all work for him. 13, he will take your daughters to work for him. He will take your fields. Verse 15. He will take the tenth of your seed. Verse 16. He will take your men servants. Verse 17. He will take the tenth of your sheep. He will take. He will take. Satan will constantly take and take and take. Of everything you have. He doesn't give. He doesn't give. Our Lord gives. He is a gracious God who gives. He gives the gift of eternal life to those who come to him. He gives eternal life. As a gift. God gave his son. To die for mankind. He gives. Satan takes. He will take. Nevertheless. The people said, we want this king. It's not logical. But their eyes were blinded. It's not logical that people will take Satan in preference to the gift of God. But their eyes are blinded by Satan. What a mess. What a disaster this was. God had come down to dwell amongst his people and he had led them for years and now they were rejecting him. This was a turning point in the whole life of the children of Israel. It's a turning point in people's lives when they turn their back on God and say, we will not have him. We will have this other king. It was a tragedy for the children of Israel but it's a bigger 
greater tragedy for anyone who turns their back on the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The one who said, Come unto me, all ye that are labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. I found it so, I found it so. He leadeth me by day and by night where living waters flow. We have to tell the people as Samuel was instructed by God to go and tell the people all that he had heard. And he did. People rejected what he said. But he had fulfilled what God had told him to do. Yes, they could have said to, to Samuel, oh, you're being so narrow in your approach to things. You know, God, we can have God and we can have the king at the same time. It's not like that. It's not like that. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. That was the challenge. Joshua sent out to his people choose ye this day whom ye will serve as for me and my house we will serve the Lord well, what will you do with Jesus the call comes low and sweet and tenderly he bids you your burdens lay at his feet O soul so sad and weary that sweet voice speaks to thee then what will you do with Jesus Oh, what shall the answer be? What shall the answer be? What will you do with Jesus? What shall the answer be?